from your creator that brings clarity. It brings peace and it brings confidence in his will. Conviction. Like you know something to be his will. You, are, you become infused with a confidence that is his will. That is right. That is the heavenly way. So that's, that's what his hearing his voice is like. What does the word, God, word of God do? Or what does hearing his voice do when we hear it? Can I say, if you take that definition that I just gave us, that does not, is not limited to the reading of the scripture. That can happen as you're driving in your car. That can happen as you're doing what we just did in, in singing songs to him. That can happen in the shower. It can happen, and it does, happen all over the place. So, but there is a relationship between hearing the voice of God and the scripture. We'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. But what does it do when we hear the voice of God? First thing, out of many things that we'll talk about over the next few weeks, is it lifts your spirit. The voice of God is going to lift your spirit. How many of you sometimes feel as though your spirit needs some lifting? And that is one of the roles of the word of God. So I'll read this scripture quickly. Psalms 119 verse 28, my soul melts from heaviness. I've heard the voice of God so many times and I still sometimes come to that place. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Your communication. I remember one time, some of you may have heard this story. I, Peter was a baby. I w- we were living down in the metropolis of Dublin, Georgia. Population 22,000. We were in training in church into ministry uh, doing theological training and, and otherwise I was working um, in, in a, I was doing a couple jobs wearing a few hats, but, but one of which was mortgage financing. And I was in a place where I, we, I did not know how we were going to get through the next week. And it was a tight moment and you have a baby. Some of you have had babies before and you suddenly realize diapers are expensive. And, uh, but the, the, the sense of responsibility and guilt that I didn't know how I was going to provide for my family was overwhelming. I was there at the office and I could hardly even pick up the phone to do the next, I mean, I just felt my soul was melting from heaviness. And I, I said, you know what? I, I, I know God is real. I know Jesus has to be bigger than this. And so I went into the boardroom and I shut the door behind me and I just began to walk around that boardroom and I just began to pray and I began to praise. And out of my, in my spirit came this scripture, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Uh, and that was, it, was, it was like the voice inside of me. Does that make, make sense? That scripture came to me, and I, knew, I, just, I, I could feel it in my feeler. I knew it in my knower. That scripture is what God is saying to me, and I began to voice the scripture to him. Lord, I'm going to be anxious for nothing. I began to even 
like categorize that and realize, wow, that doesn't, that literally means what it means. Like nothing, like even this impossible situation where I might be facing not having food for my baby, like how horrifying and, uh, and uh, unrespectable is that? Uh, but, but even that, be anxious for nothing. And I began to take it by faith. And as I did, guess what started to happen? The Holy Spirit started to encourage me through the word. And as he, I started to get that encouragement from his word, my spirit began to lift. And with it came a sense of boundless possibilities. Who knows what could happen in the next few weeks? And as my, the, eye, the eyes of faith began to lift off of the circumstances and onto God, you know what started to happen? The release of creative, creative ideas into my business problems. I began to see opportunities with this client and that client. I went back in there, picked up that phone, and started making stuff happen. I don't remember exactly what happened the rest of those seven days, but the fact that I don't remember is surefire evidence that all that I was concerned was going to happen never happened. Make sense? Lifts your spirit. What else does the Word of God do? It feels good. Honestly, the Word of God feels good. Even if the Lord is correcting you, it feels right. It's almost like a life raft being tossed your way and in your pride, you didn't want to have to submit to the life raft. I don't need a life raft. But somehow when that life raft comes, you feel this is the right thing. I need this. It feels good. Let me read this scripture to us. Psalms 119 also, verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. That's not just like cute little words to a song. Oh, Lord, you are more precious. Wait, no, 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 wrong song. Your word is like honey on my lips. It's not just a charismatic song. That's the word of God. That the word, the voice of the shepherd is sweeter than honey to your taste. Um, when I was younger, when I was a new Christian, there was a girl in our campus ministry, Kelly, and she gave me a notebook at the end of my freshman year. I was a brand new believer. And she says, I just feel like the Holy Spirit told me to give you a notebook. And I'm like, okay. And like, we're in college. Like, I've got tons of notebooks. She says, I, and, and when I opened it up, she had written this thing. And, and she said, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit gave you this so that you could write down all the things that you feel the Lord say to you. And when she said that, you know what happened? Something inside of me witnessed that the Lord wants to talk to me. He wants to, me to hear his voice. And yeah, if I hear him speak to me, it would be wise to write it down maybe, right? And so it started this like, it gave me a direction. It was like when I study the Bible, when I'm reading, I should be hearing his voice. So it reorientated me in my pursuit of him that I'm looking for that place of intimacy where I can hear him. I started hearing him. I started writing things down. Within a few months, over that summer break, hearing the voice of the shepherd became, I said it earlier, it's almost like my addiction. I can at least say this, it became the highlight of my day. His words became 
sweeter to me than honey. All the other stuff that I had learned to find pleasure in from this world, I began to realize there is something way more fulfilling in hearing his voice at a pleasure level. I'm not just talking about being a good Christian and following. I'm talking about pleasure. The, the, the unbelievable pleasure of being in his presence and hearing the things that he's speaking into my innermost being. Pleasure indescribable. Thirdly, the, war, the voice helps you see next steps. So important. The word of God illuminates your next steps in life. How many of you ever feel like you don't quite know what to do? <laughs> and we all pray and we all say, God, but, but God wants to speak. And he says this in Psalms 119.105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now again, yes, that can refer to the scripture. There's application to the actual scriptures when it says your word. But if you take this seriously, it is not just the written words on a page. The written words on a page are to produce this. And if you don't remember what this is, it's my sheep hear my voice. We should put that up there, by the way. My sheep. See? How do you dig your way out of this hole? <laughs> my sheep know my voice. Yeah, I was, I was okay. <laughs> my sheep know my voice, so it says your word in the new covenant, that's referring to the voice of Jesus, the shepherd. My sheep know, I mean, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I oftentimes hear, People pointing out that a lamp does not illuminate long distances. It illuminates the next steps. And in the economy of God, we don't always know long distance. I'm not against strategic thinking for long distance based on what things that God has spoken to us, but uh, it, it illuminates next steps. And oh, that the church would be at a place where we would trust the voice of our shepherd and, and get used to making next steps based on what he's saying. Then he can start actually doing through you what you were born for. As long as we have to figure it out ourselves and, and stop depending on the voice, uh, we, we short circuit the ability of God to do what only God can do through you. And that is the fulfillment of your calling. When, um, <clears throat> when we went to... South Africa in 2008. We were still living in the metropolis of Dublin at the time. And uh, we went there. And while there, in my Bible study, because I was going through a particular Bible study, it just so happened that, that while I was there and I was feeling this like overwhelming sense of love for this country and being sent to it. And as I'm reading I mean, as I'm there on this mission trip, you may want to call it, uh, I'm, I just happen to be reading Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And, it, and I, it was like these words, four verses from that chapter just like 
came off the page and I saw the mission of Jesus in a new way. And I was like, I knew this is what we're supposed to do in South Africa. And I told Minda and we both witnessed with it. And, you know, the, the rest is history. We ended up moving there and living there for eight years, right? Uh, when I came, so the word of God illuminates next steps. You know what happened uh, when we went back? The trip was three weeks. We went back to Dublin. And when I was back in Dublin, some of the realities of what it is to move to Africa began to fall upon me. You know, it's awesome when God speaks and you're like, yes, we're moving to Africa. And then you start thinking through the realities and the practicalities. And and you start to say, well, did I really hear God? And I remember uh, I was working uh, associate pastor in the church. I was there in my study in the... uh, on Monday morning and it just so happened that my next Bible study was the end of Luke chapter 4 from which I I stumbled across Isaiah 61 and at the end of that chapter Jesus says this "Um, I must go to other cities also to preach the gospel because for this reason I am sent and I knew the Lord was saying I am sending you to another place the word of God the voice will illuminate next steps This is not an optional extra for Christians who really want to do this. This is how you, as a sheep, follow the shepherd. It is 101. It's the beginning point. This isn't what you graduate to. Want to walk with Jesus? This is how we do it. Hear the voice. You see those words at the top? If you're a sheep, you hear his voice. And so, uh, how do you know it's his voice? I just want to say it's typically almost always not an audible voice, nor is it necessarily even words. I mean, I I can hardly think of moments where God's spoken to me and it was with words. It's, It's usually with illumination, the opening of the eyes of your heart. You see something and you know it. And it comes with the sense of his presence. It comes with the sense of peace. Am I making sense? How do you know it's his voice? Uh, Can I say a fourth thing that it does for you? It makes you become who you were called to be. The voice of the Lord. You know, there's that scripture. There's that saying that we say, you are what you eat. You know, that literally is true. Like literally is true that your body is composed of the things that you eat, but there's something about devouring the word of God. You become it. So can I just share a little story about this guy called Peter, who, the apostle, who used to be Simon, uh, son of John. Uh, the, the, Matthew chapter 16, disciples are following Jesus, and he asks them the question, many of you know, who do, who, who do people say that I am? And they say, well, some say Elijah or John the Baptist or Isaiah, one of the prophets. And he says, who do you say that I am? And many of you would know what happens. Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, P- and Jesus responds with bless. He says to Peter, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood have, have not revealed this to you. What, is Peter, what does Jesus mean when he says this? Flesh and blood has not revealed it to you? It means no man has revealed it to you. Remember Jesus first asked, what do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? But what Jesus is getting at is, who have you heard the voice of the Father say that I am? Am I making sense? That's what Jesus was getting at. 
And Peter was the one who stood up and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. What does Jesus say in response? Blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. What happens after that? And I say to you that you... Wait, I thought this thing was who do, who's Jesus? Identifying who Jesus is. Well, as soon as somebody is able to identify from having a divine revelation from the Father himself of Jesus and confess it with their mouth, it opens the door for that same Jesus to say back to you, and you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can you imagine how Peter felt in that moment? Going from Simon, son of John, to Peter, son of God. That I'm going to be a part of what God is building in the earth. And I want to, and it, so what, what happened there? That was divine revelation. That was the voice of God inside of Peter, right? Flesh and blood had not revealed it. Audible words, words at all hadn't been revealed to Peter. Peter saw something in his innermost being. You are called to see things from that same voice in your innermost being. So that by seeing them, you can become who you are. So how do you hear? How do you know it's his voice? I would say just like Peter didn't hear a voice, he obviously had to have had some internal process. I would say oftentimes it's not an audible voice. It comes with clarity. Whatever Peter had, he was so confident in what he had seen that he was willing to say something that could have gotten him killed for the blasphemous implication that he said. You are the Christ, the Son of God. You following? You don't say those words in that culture and in that time casually, that somebody is God's son. Could have gotten you stoned, and I don't mean marijuana. So his voice is what you seek when you look at the scriptures. I just want to throw this in here before we say a couple how, how do you hear his voice thoughts, okay? Because it's so important so many believers, we, we think that we are supposed to read the Bible. And so we have to have our Bible time. And we wake up or we do whatever. Can I say that your Bible time may be of no eternal value or significance if this isn't happening? And that your goal is not to read the Bible. It is this. Innermost being, coming with peace, with clarity, with confidence, knowing that your creator is speaking to you. That is the goal of reading the Bible. Here's how Jesus puts it in John chapter 5. You do not have his word abiding in you. Again, not just talking about scripture, talking about this. Jesus says this. You do not have his word abiding in you. Because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. And you are not willing to come to me that you might have life. Can I just upset you right now? Coming to the Bible is not going to give you eternal life. It does not give you life. It doesn't give you spiritual life. Seeking Jesus in his voice in the scripture 
bingo. How do you hear his voice? You ready? Would, would you agree with me that after everything that's been said that we should answer that question now? How do you hear his voice? I hope that your appetite is wet to, to know. Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's how, here's, uh, I think we, over the next few weeks, I want to say a, f- a few things each week on how to hear his voice. But here's two for today. To ask for it, to seek for it, to, uh, sorry, boom, waiting on technology. Ask, seek, and knock. To ask for it. That may seem like, like, really, Paul? Like, that's, that's what you got for us? Ask, seek, and knock? Yes. Oftentimes, we can get into reading the Bible, and we never even stopped first to say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, what are you saying to me? That's the asking part. Seeking, it means, if you ever lost something, like lost something valuable, and you're turning couches over, you're pulling pillows out of the couch. You're, you're looking. You're opening up the vent to the, you know, the air conditioning thing. Look, did it fall? Where? You know what I'm saying? You're looking. That's what you do for the with the voice of God. Ask for it, seek, and then knock. Which it, it, Jesus, when he says knock, he's he's using that illustration that he has. That how many of you? He says, if 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 a neighbor comes to the door at midnight and knocks on the door. And you, and, and, you, and you would say, uh, uh, you know, go away, I'm in bed, I, I, it's too late. If they keep on knocking, how many of you wouldn't just go ahead and get out of bed and give him as much bread as he needs? Right? And he's saying that in the context of what we're talking about here. If you knock, I'm not leaving God, I need to hear you. This is what he says, ask and it will be given. Who said that? Will it happen? Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. And he goes on to even say, if a son, how many of you are a son of God through faith in Jesus? If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer a scorpion? If you then, being evil, Jesus doesn't mince his words, you've got an evil nature. In other words, the Heavenly Father has no evil nature. You, having an evil nature, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And it's the Holy Spirit who is the voice of God, the voice of the shepherd inside of you. It comes by means of the Holy Spirit inside of you. If you so that's the first thing. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, but you got to seek also, and you got to knock. Which means like you're that person at 12 a.m. says, I need bread, I need bread. I know you're in bed, but I'm still here. You do that... You search for the voice of the shepherd, you are going to get it. Secondly, is the scripture. Exactly like what we just said. Yes, read it. Yes, meditate on it. 
and commune with God in it. I'm not saying you have to do this, but here is what I do. I, I usually ask the Lord. And I can just as easily get into the, the habit of just reading the scripture, because that's what I do in the morning, and forget to ask God. And so I, I ask God, and remember before I start re- reading his word, Lord, what are you saying to me? I want to know. And as I'm reading it, I'm remembering this is his word written to humanity. He wants me to hear. I'm looking for what is he wanting to say to me today. And then as I begin to feel, even oftentimes it's not a huge thing. It doesn't mean Angel Gabriel is going to appear in your living room as you're sipping your coffee with your Bible. Oftentimes it is a very subtle sense but it nevertheless is a sense of clarity, write it down. Write it down and pray about it. How many of you have ever had a a conversation with somebody where you say something and then when you're done saying your thing, the other person doesn't say anything and you're just sitting there? It makes me mad. Can I be real? Like, I get mad. I'm like, that is so rude. Like, I just said something to you, at least, like, say, "Uh uh-huh. We are talking about the creator of heaven and earth speaking to you. And so many of us never even acknowledge back to him what he said. (laughs) That's like the seal of the deal. When you say back to him and acknowledge him, it's like his thing connects with your thing. And you, you have made a divine connection of heaven and earth when you say it back to him. It's like... You, I, I, I don't understand it, but I, I know this. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. And stuff happens. So, ask, seek, and knock and read the scripture. Here's three practicalities real quick for this week. You ready? Number one, set aside daily time to seek him. And this little three-week thing that we're going to be doing is not going to work if you won't do this. So I'm like actually asking you right now, if you don't already have a time set aside. When I say this, I mean in the same way that you have time set aside to go to work this week, make it at least on that level of priority. At least. This is the most important thing in your, in your week. I assure you, the, here, it's setting a time to hear the voice of God. Uh, I, I don't know the person's name, but uh, I think I know who it is, but it doesn't really matter. Someone in ministry, when they first became a Christian, uh, were struggling because I think they were just had babies and their life was crazy and you know how it is when you have little ones and, and, and they just they felt like they had no time to seek God and, they, and no time to get their stuff done. They, like every day would end and they felt like they weren't able to get even half of what they had planned to get done and they definitely didn't have time to, uh, to uh, seek God. They got hold of the understanding of tithing in the scripture, the principle of tithing. The idea of giving off the top of everything God gives you, 10% of that, back to him and into his kingdom. They took that principle, and I'm not saying that we all have to do this, but just hear what happened. They took that principle and took the 16 waking hours that they were awake during the day and tithed back to the Lord. So 1.6 hours, uh, like roughly an hour and 36 minutes. And they, they carved that out by faith. Not because they had the time. They didn't even have enough time without any prayer time to get the stuff done. Took an hour and 36, and just made, I don't know if they woke up at 5 a.m., I don't know what they did. Carved it out and started doing that, and over a period of time, they realized 
that they were getting everything done, having extra time, and were feeling spiritually elevated at a complete other level with doing that. What I'm saying is if you think you don't have time, God will honor this. And uh, if you have nothing, I will say this. Five minutes is way better than nothing. But I want to challenge you, base your time, or how much you block time for this, around what do you need in order to get that. That's what I've done in my life. To sufficiently, as a spiritual leader, what do I need to get that so that I can do what I do, not in my own strength, but from him. You do the same. Say, I'm not a spiritual leader. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> you and I are called every bit the same. Every bit as much. And all of us depend upon the voice of the shepherd. So set aside time, number one. Number two, have somewhere to write down what you feel I'm speaking. I don't, it doesn't matter if it's your phone. It doesn't matter if it's a tablet. It doesn't matter if it's physical paper. It really does not matter. But have it. Have something specifically just for that. that. This is dedicated to that. For me, it's a folder in the Google Drive that's just for the, his voice to me. And I've got a document each month that I start anew to, 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 to write down what he, what he says to me. Having this, making this, having this is going to build faith and expectation. It's like when you plan for something, it happens. So you're planning to hear God's voice. You're taking steps to make, plan, to, to, to make a way for, for, for God to speak, and it starts happening. So have a time set aside, prioritized, blocked time. Number two, have somewhere where you're going to write it down every day. What, no matter how big or how small it is of what you feel, write it down. Pray about it. Talk to him about it. And then thirdly, uh, it's, it's not, it's not a, a third step, but just another thought. Do this daily for the next 21 days, the next three weeks. I don't know if it's scientific, but many of you have heard if you do something every day for 21 days, it becomes a habit. I, I really don't know if that's scientific, but I think it's a good idea. Do this every day. I would say if you get sick, do it. To what degree you can. If you, whatever happens, do it for 21 days and bring your journal to community group. Whether it's your phone, tablet, written paper, bring it to community group because you're going to need that for what we're going to do in community group, which is going to be, which you're going to love, I, I believe. Shall we pray?